you know, he is worth it because through Christ, he, he holds all things together. Okay. He's, he's the purpose and he's reconciling all things unto himself. Okay. Without Christ, everything is meaningless. Yes. Period. But with Christ, he brings so much meaning to my life, to my <laughs> wife and my kids and the truck I drive, whatever, the ministry. It's because of Christ. So wow. I thank God for you and all the other brothers and sisters, man, that are, are willing to be in this fight. Have compassion. See what's going on and is moved to do something about it. Hey, welcome to today's Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler, and so glad, friend, that you stopped by. Uh, many of you were tuned in yesterday as we welcomed Pastor Sean Abram of the Binghampton Community Church, and we had an incredible time together, as we always do, Pastor Sean, sharing about your heart for ministry, Memphis, talking about marrying the kids. I mean, we just have more fun, Amen. you know, and have over the years. Mm-hmm. I still remember the probably the first time we got together here, you were, I think, still at seminary right yeah you and eric watkins came by (laughs) right right and y'all were doing something ministry wise together and wanted to tell me about it yeah Uh, yeah how many years ago was that Ooh, that's that's right at 14 right at 14 years ago wow right 14 15 years ago now time flies when you're having fun right that's right that's right and that's kind of how i you know i got to binghampton because of how you know just during that time interning there and we're going to uh several places in memphis uh, Southeast Memphis, North Memphis, Klondike, Binghamton, and uh, we were tasked to uh, share the gospel. We share the gospel for over like a two-week period, and then we will turn those converts over to local pastors uh, for follow-up. So that's kind of how uh, my journey took me to Binghamton. And that was basically walking the streets, meeting people where they were, right? Yes, sir. That was walking the streets, uh, door-to-door, sharing the gospel, five days a week doing that and man it got really shown me the importance of sharing my faith because that's how i grew in my faith by sharing but it helps me to also just to see different communities all over our city and to understand and continue to learn and and like i said that's what got me to binghampton and then i moved into binghampton which showed me uh, another side of ministry and heart for you know compassion ministry so did you grow up here in memphis i grew up in north mississippi so uh, the mid-south area but i'm from south haven born and raised in even even my dad is from there. We moved to Memphis. I remember I was in seminary uh, during this time, and I also worked at FedEx, FedEx Ground. And man, God was just burdening my heart to share the gospel more. And I was sharing the gospel coming in and going out of work, and man, that burden was on my heart. And Mid-America did a mission trip to Arkansas where they had five days that they just shared the gospel, and it was right there in Arkansas. And when I when I did that, I was like, Man, why why I don't do this every day? <laughs> so, so when I so that that bird was on my heart, and I, I was praying and I was asking God was just burdened to share the gospel more. You know, I was reading the scripture which way God wanted me to go. You know, the Apostle Paul was a tent maker. You know, that's how kind of what I was doing at that time, bivocational. I dropped my necks at FedEx and I started going door to door, taking that same time that I was at FedEx ground. I'll go door to door and share the gospel. And uh, I learned two things. The first thing is make sure before you quit your job that you talk to your wife first. <laughs> I was still young. That's the one thing. All right. The next thing, though, is that as God leads, he will provide. He will show. And that's what he did. So I start sharing the gospel a week and a half later. Germantown Baptist called me about an internship that they wanted to pay interns to go door to door witness. I didn't know about what they were doing. They didn't know about what I was doing, but I got linked up with them, and that's when we start going all over the city to share the gospel. Yeah, that's so about the time like, we met. Right, I right think, around that yeah. time. Why don't we share the gospel more? Is Christ followers, and we call ourselves disciples. We know the mandate is to go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. Why don't we do it, Sean? Why don't I do it? 
it goes back to uh, there is active resistance. We are in a spiritual battle. All right. There are three things that works against every person. Right. Your own humanity is one. All right. We are bent to do wrong. We're, we're, it's just part of the human nature. All right. Then the context in which you live, whatever what's going on in culture or the context of where you are in life. And then you have the enemy. So when you think about Satan, what he does. When it comes down to living life on mission, there is active resistance. So we have to be intentional on, you know, pursuing the heart of God and God pursuing our heart. So it is a daily sitting at the feet of the king and then allowing the king to realign our hearts to understand that that we are a people of faith and that we share our faith. We share our faith in, 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 in deed as well, the things that we do as we live life. Uh, but we also, by his grace, should be seeking for opportunities to share the love of Christ that was shared to us, that transformed us. And it's just part of, you know, life in which we fail to do that. Yeah. And But we're all challenged to do that more. Even I'm still challenged to do that more in what ways, you know, and how God would have me to do that. And a great foundation and a bridge for doing that is being compassionate. And when people are in different places of life of need, of crisis, we talked about this on our last program, and, and that really is kind of foundational for the work that you're doing in addition to pastoring at Binghampton Community Church yes, sir. through Sin Relief, which you are the director of the ministry center. Sin Relief is collaboration of ministry between the International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. It's specifically happening right here in Memphis now through this ministry center. Yes, sir. And that partnership expands to the Mid-South Association, the TBMB, our local uh, partner, which is the Dwelling Place Christian Church, Pastor Leon Jones. And that there are so, uh, when it comes down to opportunities for us to serve and come alongside of others, which God called us to do, which will help provide opportunities for us to share our faith. That's what we're working when it comes down to the ministry center, loving on people, being a good neighbor. Because when you think about the ministry center, when you boil it all down, we want to be a good neighbor. How can I, you know, show that compassion uh, that the Good Samaritan showed? When you're moved, that's what compassion is. You see someone hurting and you're moved to make a difference. And living life alongside of people, that's how you grow that connection. Yes. And that's how you can live out the, you know, live out the gospel in such a way as we continue to uh, develop our personal relationship with God and God shows us, you know, who he is, the beauty of who, who he is. And he invites us into a journey that he has us on. God has so much for all of us. Wow. Uh, it's just an intentional pursuit of his heart because he's intentionally pursuing us. Thinking about the story in the Bible, the Good Samaritan, we read that how this man was beaten and left for dead there, the Good Samaritan came by and showed compassion. And he did it by binding up the person's wounds, you know, taking him to a place that he could heal, going to the the sacrifice of his own financial account, a pain for the debt that would occur through staying at this place to rest and to heal and to be restored. It can get messy sometimes when you show compassion. And I think sometimes we get caught up by saying, well, I gave my money to that offering or I, you know, I helped build that building. But we're talking about really doing life with people, going where they are. And sometimes it does get messy. Sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you don't want to give up. But it's because it's Christ within you that helps you to continue to move forward. And he showed you his glory. You know, God's glory is who he is and what he does. 
through his glory as he empowers you, but he gives you the strength to take that next step. There are times when I can only go to the next moment, one moment at a time. I can't think about trying to save the world. Only, true enough, only Christ can do that. But what about this next person? How can I win the next moment? How can I smile at this person right across the street? Like yesterday, we had a tragedy in our community right after church. So I had been working on the sermon, you know, and I was already tired. And I preached the sermon. I was tired. And I, was, I felt like going home. But I got a call saying that some stuff was going on, you know, near the church building that two people had died overdose. So I went up there. You know, it was extremely hot outside yesterday. And I was like, man, you know, I, what I really want to do, I feel like, you know, just going home because I'm already tired. But, you know, because of God within me, it, it was trust me it was him because I was kind of fighting it a little bit. But just the compassion, he was saying, look, all these people out here and they're hot because they've just lost their loved one. So, son, go get some coolers, put some waters in it, put ice in it, bring the coolers back to this family. Right. Because this is, you know, some of the, you know, what he's called us. That's compassion because they just lost a loved one. Man, it's, you know, that's that's this is difficult time yes. for so how can yeah. i yes. come alongside of them and walk yes. alongside of them as god gives me strength because there are times when i can't emotionally there are times when i, I can't i just can't at that time and god allows those times to rest yeah. you know when those times come because they do the strength then that he's given me how can i walk alongside of others in these times so wow you know, we look at Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus. What did he do? Jesus wept. Yes, sir. And sometimes it's just being there and crying with the people who are hurting and letting them see that you're human too, right? Right. There's four areas of concentration through the Ministry of Sin Relief. We've talked about these on the last program. Strengthen communities, care for refugees, protect children and families, fight human trafficking, and respond to crises. Yes, sir. Now, is it primarily for the Raleigh community they're concentrating on right now? Yeah, we're, we're like I said, we're still in the development stage of that because I came on uh, June 1st to direct the ministry center. So we're trying to develop ministry for Raleigh specific. Uh, but then we will continue to develop uh, ministry for our entire city. But the two that we're focusing on now as we continue to develop out would be strengthening communities and then also caring for refugees. So that's yeah. where we are with the, the Sin Relief Center in Memphis. But we're going to continue to go on to fighting human, human trafficking and then uh, protecting children and families and responding to crisis. Sean, could you speak into the area of refugees? That is a divisive issue. There's different sides. Let's talk about it biblically. Let's talk about, you know, all nations. Right. All nations are coming here. Yeah, and it goes back to trust. You know, are, are we trusting in who God is and who he and, and, and the strength and the call that he's given us, which is to make disciples. And that is of all nations, no matter who they are. This is, you know, this is what is. There are, you know, many communities that are coming, you know, to the U.S. that uh, needs to understand, you know, the love of Christ and, and, and see us reflect that love of Christ. So it's, 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 a, it's a level of trust in who God is and what he's doing and what is. This is what's going on, right? So how can we come alongside of others to walk out the gospel? I think so it's, it's important, trust. too, that people understand when refugees are coming, no, these are not illegal immigrants. Right. They are coming here usually because of a political political or religious persecution in their own countries. They're not just giving handouts. They're given a certain amount of dollars for their family to set up house. Very soon, they have to find jobs, they have to plug in, and they have to take care of their families. But it is, again, showing compassion, sometimes helping these families learning English, 
how do you go get a driver's license? I mean, right. some very practical things. Yeah, and just for families to walk alongside of them to do that is very important. And that's why we want to partner with uh, local partners and nonprofits or churches all over to help walk alongside of these families. Well, and really, this is a great opportunity for those listening families right now to adopt maybe a refugee family yes, sir. where they come into your home and you're eating meals together and you're going to the park together, you're playing games together, you're doing life together, creating an opportunity to build those relationships, and ultimately, as you share the gospel through doing life. Yeah, and like that's it, just living life alongside of others. Man, that's, that's what yeah. God has called us to do. That's, that's making disciples. As we, as God you know, inputs into us, we take what God has input into us and the resources that we have and continue to come alongside of others to do the same so that they may see his glory. So uh, that's it, man. That's it, brother. And that's what Sin Relief is doing through those two aspects. Again, as you look at strengthening communities. Right. And we talked a little about that last time. Of course, economic issues that we see, those who are on a lower economic income level, it's got to be really tough right now. Food prices. Of course, gas prices right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so we're trying to figure out the best, you know, practices to come alongside of them to help because there are many ways that you can do it. But what's what are the best ways uh, that we can come alongside of uh, strengthening people within our communities, such as you know, partnering with our local schools. You know, how can we come alongside of our local schools to to serve them in such a way as they serve our children and to 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 help them today to process life properly? And uh, so, how can we come alongside of those schools and when you think about the youth and, like I said, creating a safe place for the youth to be at the center, but then also build back to those families. And how can we help those families in some of those homes? Like I said, not all the homes are un- unstable, but those families that are unstable, how can we come alongside of them to stabilize those families yes. and walk alongside of them to create that safe place and a place where a, a child can mature in such a way uh, that they will you know, love God but also love their neighbor? Sean, what is the key to healing generational wounds and also reconciling neighbors? Are these real issues that you deal with in your ministry? Yes, sir. <laughs> Which goes back to the key. You already know what I'm going to say the key is, right? <laughs> that What's the key? key is that, that key is relationship with God, all right? So through my relationship with him, see, I have to process with him daily, every day of my life, right? I have to renew my mind and who he is and what he's doing through me and allow God to do what only he can do through me there, the relationship with him, but then also a relationship with others, like being a neighbor. You know, these are things, living life alongside of well, people. So with these generational wounds, what specifically are those wounds? Man, what I've learned and what I've seen walking is, is just living from crisis to crisis. You know, some people may not know where their next meal is going to be. Or when it comes down to a home to live in, there have been many people in our community that they'll be in a certain location for three months, and then they got to move, and then this next location for four months and then they got to move so that constant moving around and lack of connection and just development i know the young people but also the adults that they face uh we got abuse when it comes down to physical abuse or you know domestic violence or when it comes down to substance abuse uh that we've seen or when it comes down to you know many of the fathers and you know the heads you know fathers of the homes may not be there and so we're dealing with all types of things that are going on that that people see every day and have to deal with 
man, and especially in a city like ours where there's almost a murder almost every day, yes. almost every day in our city, if not every day. So we're, and we become we hardened, become to, hardened to it. Yes. And like I said, I remember when I first moved to Binghamton, it's just, you know, I, I was eating my cereal and then I hear the gunshots and I'll stop and I'll pray for whatever. But then there can, I've been there so long because of my lack of processing that I, I became so numb to even a gunshot, my spoon didn't, didn't stop. Right. Because it, it becomes like a normal thing until my wife heard the gunshots of a, a bullet that killed one of our community members. And then she we know her mother and, her, and his mother, his mother is fighting for, you know, when it comes down to, you know, violence in the community and all that as well. So we try to come alongside of her. But now that's an, another process that I have to go through and process with God because those bullets connect in many cases. But people are dealing with that, you know, even seeing it. You know, you know, someone the trauma of seeing that. Yeah, the trauma of seeing it, living through it, and being a part of it. And then, like I said, you're living on edge. You're living on ten. We got guys that are living on ten. They are afraid. You see what I'm saying? They're afraid. That's why they, in many cases, they have that illegal gun because they are afraid. Because they're always, you never know what's going to happen. So you got people living like that day in, day out on that stress level. Something's going to snap eventually yeah. if you don't have someone to come alongside of them to say, "Now there's a different way," or to help. You know that because if you keep hitting a brick wall, you can get frustrated. And if you don't know the steps to that, you, you the, are the options that you have. For an example, many people in our community may see option A and may see option B, and but then they go down to option Z, which is to rob you. They don't see option C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S. So they don't see all of that. So how can we come alongside of them to say, no, that we have all these other options before you get to, to here and then we can come alongside of you. That's the difference with me saying that, but then living out with them, which is the more difficult part. Right. Being able to overcome some of the issues that are there long enough to actually make a difference in an area. And, and Sean, you could have easily moved out to a suburban area, driven into Binghampton every day, and done ministry with your church. But you chose to actually move your family into Binghampton. That is correct. And it, the choice was already... <laughs> I asked God, and basically he was leading me in that direction. So I, what, what I had to do was just conform to where he was going. And I thank God that I did because now I, I understand uh, that, you know, when I took my kids to the park when I lived there, that's when I saw the glass on the park. Right. All over the ground. I had been to that park several times, even sharing the gospel to that park several times. But I noticed when my kids was trying to slide down. So it was good for us to move in to kind of understand. But even in moving in to understand, it's not like it didn't come with a price because of the difficulties that, you know, I've seen. I had to process life. God has grown me tremendously and he still is. But even some of the trauma that even my kids have seen. And, uh, and things that we're working through, even, you know, with my youngest child, yeah. uh, when it comes down to some anxiety things that, that we have to work through with him yeah. because of some of the things that he's seen. A neighbor, the police pulled up and they had the guys, guns drawn and guys on the concrete and oh. the neighbor's kids, you know, four and five seeing it. So they, they kind of building a, a context of what's going on around him. See, or my son's hearing about someone's been shot on our street. There have been three killed on our street alone so thinking through that and being able to process all of that it does come with a with a price uh and even though my other kids process it differently right and we continue to walk with them 
So I'm not saying that it's easy, but I'm no. saying it is, it's God led. God led. And, and yeah. what God is doing, even with my son, I know that he's going to continue to turn that around for him, but also for others so that his heart of compassion will continue to uh, be able to reach out to, to do the same thing even in the future. So it's uh, it's been a beautiful grind. Well, there, there, is, wrong, there is no it, safe place anywhere in the right, world. Right. And, and where God guides, he provides. I've heard that statement. And also, Adrian Rogers shared one time about a man who did three years of research to find the safest place in the world to move his family. So he discovered that it was the Falkland Islands, and he moved his family there. Three months later, the Falkland Islands were invaded. You know? right, so right. There, hey, is no, there is no safe haven, you know. Byron, when I was praying about moving my family to Memphis, and because I, I live in South Haven, and I remember praying, and God you know, made it very clear that, son, that you would be safer or you'd be better off in my will in Binghamton than outside of my will in South Haven, son, yes. period. So, you know, the choice was mine to make. So I thank God for allowing me to make that right one. We serve as missionaries overseas, and we follow God's call and believe he led us there. And yet I saw everything wasn't perfect. We saw right. our kids have to deal with some issues. A lot of that, again, is how you process properly. And we right. talked about that That's last critical. time. That's critical. Hey, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but I want to kind of leave on this note as we close out our program. One particular goal of your work with Sin Relief is creating a culture of discipleship. What does that look like? How do you accomplish that when we talk about a culture of discipleship? Because we know that Christ commanded us to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. What does being a disciple and making disciples and creating that culture really look like? Uh, man, I'm, I'm still learning that each and every day, brother. Uh, I'm realizing that, A, God is discipling me. So part of him discipling me that I go out and disciple others. So it's about spiritual development, social development when it comes down to what God is doing in my life. And it's, it goes back to, you know, living life alongside of people. When I think about discipleship, the, the phrase that comes to my mind is friend. Friend. How can I make a friend? God, even when he called his disciples, you know, said, you, you are my friends. Uh, so how can I live life alongside of people? How can I make friends? And then when it comes down to all the things that we're doing and we're going to do with the Sin Relief Ministry Center, it goes back to being a good neighbor. So building that culture is me having a relationship with God and then me having a relationship with others and then allow those who are on our team to continue to have that relationship right. with us, that yep. same heart, compassion. Yep. And then whatever area that we may work in, may it be development uh, economically or maybe, you know, emotional, mental health or the spiritual development end of all of that is just an extension of our relationship with other people. Do you see a timeline for someone finding compassion in their time of need? hearing the gospel, and then responding to the message of the gospel. You can't put a time on the Holy Spirit on how he's working right. in someone's life and understand that. But what you typically see once you begin that relationship and the response to the gospel. Yeah, it, it differs. And they don't so, always yeah, respond to the gospel yeah, either. Yeah, they don't. So it all, it's, it's like an individual uh, walk, so to speak, because they, they, they differ. There are some times when I can meet the person for the first time, I, I give a full gospel presentation. There are some people six months down the road. It all depends. If, are, are they my neighbors? They live on my street. Am I ever going to see this person again? Or God, this is what you have me to say right now. You, you have me to give a, a smile or whatever that it may be. It is a personal walk with the king ask, and looking for opportunities. That's the you know, being intentional is part of it. So looking for those opportunities to, to do that. And what I've learned that helps me also to be, you know, to share the gospel faithfully, you know, because we should share, you know, as we go, as we live life, you know, to intentionally think about my day the next day. All right. Where are opportunities that I can set aside for just 
to do this specific thing and share the gospel, even though there may be other opportunities. Uh, I've learned that that can help me sometimes because I can yep. get about my routine in a day, and yep. it's not that I'm not trying. I'm right. just in, I'm just in my routine. Exactly. So how can I plan at least you know some time? So even in this month, as part of what I what I was doing this month is each day I'm gonna try to get. Uh, I've been I have by God's grace to get out at least once a day. Uh, to either prayer walk or do something intentional like that. That it could be like ten minutes or it could be an hour. It depends on what's going on. Right. Right. But just to intentionally be out there and uh, to do something that's similar. So well, those are those are uh, those are ways that they can help me to share. You said something key right there too when you talked about prayer walking because this needs to be saturated in prayer. And as you look for volunteers, we need a blanket of prayer to cover our city. Yes, sir. You talked about daily shootings, sometimes multiple shootings, we can lay the groundwork of prayer as you go out, as your team goes out, as more volunteers come. So what do you call our listeners to do right now for Hey, you? man, pray, brother. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> so I hope you guys please pray for the Sin Relief Ministry Center and what's going on there in Raleigh, also in Binghamton. Uh, please come by. If you, you know, get our contact information, we'll love to uh, just show you what's going on. You come down there and just walk and prayer walk the building, prayer walk the community. Some of you may uh, not have the energy to actually prayer walk, so you can prayer drive. You can pray through our community. That's so very important as we continue to do what God's called us to do. We're also working on like a home fire campaign to install fire detectors in the homes of our community. So we probably need about four people to go out per home. Two will put the smoke detectors up, and then two can just uh, fellowship with the person and share the gospel. We're needing volunteers to do that. We're kind of gearing up for that. There may be someone who wants to do that weekly. There may be someone who wants to do that monthly. But if God says the same, then we can have someone out in our city sharing the gospel seven days a week, 365 days a year uh, with the gospel president, even as the rest of our our, our believers are living life and sharing the gospel. So, wow. But this is just an intentional way that we can try to reach every home through that. Sean, this has been great. Thank you for a second program to kind of lay this all out before our listeners, really see what God God is up to, because this is really a God-sized thing. We talked about how insurmountable the work is. Right. Alone and his human effort, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. It's right. not going to happen, you know? <laughs> but can... through God, man, <laughs> and through brothers and sisters that are walking this thing out, man, we can do it. We have different gifts. We have different talents. We have different places in life. I thank God for you, brother, you, for what you do for our city, that many people are truly blessed by this radio station. So we're praying for you guys, but we're in this fight together yes, uh, because, you know, he is worth it. Because through Christ, he he holds all things together, okay? He's, he's the purpose, and he's reconciling all things unto himself, okay? Without Christ, everything is meaningless yes period but with christ he brings so much meaning to my life to my (laughs) wife and my kids and the truck i drive whatever the ministry (laughs) it's because of christ so i thank god for you and all the other brothers and sisters man that are are willing to be in this fight have compassion see what's going on and is moved to do something about it oh thank you my dear brother god bless you for what you and mary and the family continue to do for christ's kingdom in the Binghampton community and beyond <laughs> through Amen. Sin Relief. We gave an address last time of contact. If folks want to know more about the ministry, volunteering, to contact with you, what should they do? Yes, they can contact the Mid-South Baptist Association. Just uh, You can do that online or call, or you can email my right hand, which is Mary Abram at maryabram13 at gmail.com. Sean, right. thank you so much, my friend. All right. Thank you, Byron. Man. Bless you, brother. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, I'm Byron Tyler. Back for a quick second as the theme music fades out. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Here's a short assignment for you. Please tell a friend about something that you learned from our guest and tell them to listen to Mid-South Viewpoint Wednesday and Thursday at 3 p.m. here on Bot Radio Network. The show is also available at botradionetwork.com and on podcast platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Hey Alexa, play Mid-South Viewpoint. Some of the interviews are recorded with video and available on YouTube at Byron Tyler Radio. Stay tuned for more life-changing programs from Bot Radio Network.